Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Love Talk Radio. Now, let's join Holly Steffi and Red Velvet Media as we explore the inspirational worlds of music, media, and more.
Okay, we're here. Welcome to Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio. And I, I'm on location, so excuse all the noise in the background. Um, I want to wish everyone a post-happy um, day of thanks. I hope everyone had a great one. And um, I just wanted to say today is a really special show because I have Keith Green on with me, and he's really an amazing photographer. And we're here to talk about his photography and also about some really cool unknown shots that he's getting ready to release with the world. Um, we've had Keith on a couple shows with the Ramones and with Vera Ramone and uh, a couple of the different things. And Keith, Keith's really an accomplished photographer in many different subject areas. So we're going to talk a lot about that and about um, his new images that he found. And again, I'm sorry about all the noise in the background. And um, with that, I want to let everyone know the chat room is open. And if you'd like to call in, the number is 347-677-1036. And uh, if you'd like to talk to Ian or myself or Keith, you can do that. And the show will be available on iTunes afterwards and also on Red Velvet Media, Blog Talk, Radio on Demand. With that, I'm going to bring Keith into the studio, and I wanted to let everyone know the chat room is open. I do see some people in the chat room. Please note, I did um, activate a moderated chat with my co-host uh, standing by here that's running that because uh, we like to keep our chat rooms nice and clean. Hey, Keith, how are you? Hey, Holly, <laughs> how are you? Can you hear me okay? I want to know if you can hear me all right. Yeah, can you hear me? I can hear you. It's perfect. Did you like that show? I, uh, that song I opened up with. I have to tell everyone a little bit of. Oh, I dropped him. I dropped him. I hope he calls back in. Keith, call back in. Anyway, a little story about the song I opened up with. I fell in love with that song um, by Jimi Hendrix called Red House. Um, when I was close to these angels. But I heard it before. Okay, hold on. There he is. Okay, hold on a second. Keith, are you there? Yeah, sorry about that. Some kind of disconnect. Okay. No, no, no. That's cool. I was explaining to everyone that song I opened up with. I fell in love with that song when I saw the movie City of Angels. But I I had heard that song many times before in in the South and in New Orleans when I traveled and stuff. But um, that song just really has a special meaning to me. It's a really great song. And I'm sorry I couldn't get the one song that you wanted that was a Jimmy Hendrix song. So I figured I'd keep it within the flavor, and I got it. But we are going to end with a song you did choose. So... Welcome to the show, well, you, Keith. And I'm telling Well, thank you. Yeah, no. No, and well, about, so listen. About the Hendrix, about the Hendrix uh, it's a great, it was a great uh, choice because it's, you know, people ah. he celebrated his birthday recently, you know, so that's Hendrix celebration yeah. all over. You know, and I'm a, I'm a Hendrix aficionado. Mm-hmm. I love Hendrix. So, anyway. It was an amazing, and that, I just like that song. It has a really good vibe. And uh, I just said this is our post-Thanksgiving Day show um, for a lot of people that celebrate it. And again, I'm on location. I apologize about all the noise. Is it really noisy here? Where I'm at? I mean, it's, it's, you know, I could hear you. A little bit. Yeah, Yeah, I know. know It would have been great if it was raining. It's raining here in New York City, man. It would have been great if I could have come out there. Wine country. We could oh, yeah, down, I know. Well, you know what? And I'm actually not even in that area right now. So there you go. Um, right oh, now okay. I'm 
out of that area, but um, that's one one location. But it's cool. It's all good. No, okay. and it's cold there right now. So, you you know, they just had a lot of rain, too. So there you go. But listen, let's, let's talk a little bit about you because you're a you're you're a fascinating person. First of all, you and I met through Vera Ramon King, who is uh-huh. a dear friend of yours because you were friends with you were doing some stuff with um, Didi her Didi Ramon her her husband that she was married to at the time, uh-huh. and um, we talked a little bit about that. And uh, you have some. Other, I mean, you have various photography. And first, I want to give out your website really quick. What's your website? So everyone can uh, look at that. And you're also on Facebook. It's K E I P H G R E E S. What is your uh, website, real quick, so everyone listening can uh, get what that? Well, uh, you can just dial up Keith Green at Photo Shelter, and you can get a variety of, of stuff. It's Keith Green Photography. Oh, awesome. You can just Google that. Okay. Okay, cool. And um, also, I wanted to know if you could, um, let's, let's start at the beginning. Let's start, how did you get interested in photography? And then let's talk about how you got inter- in, introduced to the Ramones and about these obscure these 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 images that just you have that you haven't shown the world yet, and they're on Arturo Vega, and yeah. we're gonna get them shown, honey. We are. We're gonna get them out there, and um, and then about your other photography. So let's start at the beginning. How did you get interested in photography, and how did you segue into getting with you know working with the Ramones and then Arturo? How you met him and this and that. Let's let's. Lay it all down. Well, well, the very beginning, uh, it was actually my mother. You know, she was an avid photography enthusiast. You know, since I was a kid. I mean, I my earliest memories of her were with her camera. Are you there? I'm here. I'm here. I'm muted. Oh, okay. I'm muted while you're talking, so it doesn't sound too noisy here. Oh, oh. Okay. I'm going to interject. Trust me, I can hear everything you're saying. I'm just muting it because it's very noisy where I'm at. So go okay, for it. Cool. But anyway, so uh, my mother, she was an avid uh, photography enthusiast. And uh, from my earliest memories, she's always taken pictures. You know, she, she got the first Polaroid land camera. Uh, you know, that was like sometime around 19. You're kidding me. Oh, my yeah, God. Still, That's she still funny. Has it. It's in mint condition. She still has it. And so, wow. Um, and so she was also sort of a, a fashion horse. She, like, she had an elegant taste in fashion. So she would subscribe to the to mm-hmm. old magazines and so forth. And she also sewed. You know, she made her own dresses and so forth. But she would... You know, uh, subscribe to Vogue. You know, when it was like really big, mm-hmm. you know, Vogue used to be a huge format. And um, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. I remember that. Yeah. So she, mm-hmm. yeah, so she would like, uh, she would look through the pages and so forth, get ideas, and then she would just throw the magazines in front of me. She said, "Here, take a look through that." That was like watching television for me. I mean, I was just fascinated with the pictures. I mean, you know, and this was like years before, you know, I, was, I had no idea that that's what I wanted to do. But uh, I just loved to look at the, the photographs because, you know, this is before the Internet and so forth. So people really got their views of the world from looking at still photographs. And, you know, and then there were all the, the uh, 
big picture magazines like Life Magazine, Look Magazine, Vogue, you know, the whole bit. And so that's oh, yeah. what people got oh, yeah. imagery. You know, it's not like, it wasn't like you could just dial up something and, you, you know, like Pinterest or whatever and there's billions of pictures. That people just didn't uh, see the world like that on an everyday basis. So photographers, mm-hmm. photographers at that mm-hmm. time were, you know, the stars. And so she started. So she she would notice that I would like sit there for hours, page by page, looking at these pictures. So she just, you know, would bring me a Look magazine, a Life magazine. And then so later on, she, you know, she figured, okay, he might have an interest in that. So she would introduce me to photographers like black photographers like uh, Gordon Parks, and there was Roy DeCarama, mm-hmm. you know, and. Uh, she was the type of, of, of person that a woman that would. Uh, she never forced anything on my sister and I. She would just put it in front of you. She was very intuitive, so she would see how you would react to it, and then she would just give you like more of it. <laughs> so. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. No. 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 That's she, cool. She was the same way with you know. I played drums too. She was the same way that way. You know, like she noticed. Are you I, serious? You were a drummer. You were a drummer. Yeah. You're still a drummer, yeah. aren't you? Once a drummer, always a drummer. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh I don't god, really that's funny. In bands or anything, but yeah. But so but anyway, just for so fun, got, yeah. Yeah. So so as I got older, you know, I started taking an interest. You know, she would, she you know, she would always take us when we were younger. She'd always take us to the Houston Museum of, I mean. Yeah, Houston Fine Art Museum, you know, from Texas. Mm-hmm. And um, so she sort of introduced me to the uh, I, uh, Houston Center for Photography as well, which was had just, it was in the museum district in Houston, and so it just opened up. So I would just, she would just fill me with information. But it still wasn't mm-hmm. a few years until I actually realized that that's what I wanted to do. You know, I was about 18 years old, and it was literally uh, just sitting at an uh the kitchen bar, and I was deciding what I wanted to do with my life, and I said, I think I'll be a photographer, because I had all of this, all of this previous information logged, you know, into my brain, and so it just was logical. It's just like, wow, that was it, and I didn't realize until many years later that that's what she was actually doing, you know, she would, you know, she had an in, sort of like a indirect influence on, on, on that, mm-hmm. so, uh, my first job as an adult, you know, I was 21, and I uh, got a job as a traveling photographer. You know those Sears Photography Portrait Studios? But I worked oh, yeah. For a company. Uh-huh. I, worked, I worked for a company that was sort of a pop-up version of that. It was called PCA International, Photographers Corporation of America. Mm-hmm. So they would have these contracts uh, all over the state of Texas, Louisiana. You know, I'd go down to the Mexico, border, uh, Texas border. Mexican towns, border, you know, border towns and so forth. And, uh, you know, with the specialized equipment, you know, it had like six cases, special custom-made cases and camera equipment set up in like banks or department stores. So I was out of town like uh, 60% of the time. And so that was a very uh, hard lesson in the business of photography. And then it also taught me how to have patience and to see the diversity in people. And not everyone is the same, and you can't be the same with everyone. So, you know, a lot of those things, you know, kind of uh, stuck with me. And so long story short, you know, uh, I moved to New York, started uh, working, you know, looking for work as an assistant but New York at that time and mm-hmm. it was like New York was just like a big amusement park 
you know. And I'm, I was mm-hmm. always looking for the next ride. It was just fantastic days. I mean, I could think, sit here for like five hours and tell you about, you know, the the, the uh, adventures and like the the things that I learned. You know, just like to deal with a city like this, you know, because I ha- I sort of outgrown Houston. You know, the, the options were limited, so New York had mm-hmm. provided a challenge for me because I had a lot of uh, a lot of like energy, and so New York was perfect. So started this thing. Um, at the time, and uh, Flatiron District in New York was uh, actually the photo district. And uh, so I spent a lot of time there, you know, those dark rooms. There. That's where you would go to make contacts and so forth. So that's how I made contacts and finding photographers to work for. Uh, I met this, this one guy there. Uh, he had this photo assistant group that he called the Round Table. And he turned out to be the nephew of uh, famed, you know, journal, uh, photojournalist Eve Arnold. And so... Uh, they would we would meet like every first Thursday of the month or something like that, and you know they would discuss who's you know what photographers needed assistant for this you know like this photographer needs an assistant to go to Morocco or this one needs one to go to uh, L.A. you know oh, wow. all over the place and they you know specialize you know like I I even got a third assistant uh, job with. Uh, the famous photographer Arnold Newman once when he was photographing uh, Meryl Streep for uh, Life magazine. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I worked with, um, then I finally met uh, photographer Jean Kalina. She was, uh, uh, she did assignments for Vogue interview magazine at the time. You know, her studio was uh, in Union Square right across from uh, Andy Warhol's factory. So, I mean, oh, you're kidding. Yeah, cool she we got along great she uh we would go to do these assignments for american vogue vogue italia uh, mm-hmm. and and i learned a lot you know because that's it's, it's not just about how you operate a camera it's like new york was like the city this, you know the uh mecca for uh advertising and high-end photography so that's where you go if you really want to learn you know the uh, how to uh, navigate and learn the business mm-hmm. learn about magazine editorial you know commercial photography this is the place to go so mm-hmm. you know it's a continuous learning process but i did learn a lot so um you know from and a lot of I have a, I'll tell you a lot of stories about that if, you want, if you're interested in hearing like with Gene and how No, I want to hear I want to like, hear about it. Well, when you asked earlier how did I get into, you know, like the Chelsea and then subsequently the Ramones and so forth. It basically started with the Chelsea. Uh, and I I've, uh, I've recanted this I've recalled this story uh, a few years ago in an interview uh, on a blog where uh, mm-hmm. I was working with Jean. She was she had to go to she was friends with Julian Chernobyl, you know, the artist. So she went off to Europe mm-hmm. for about a month and a half with him. So she sublet her loft studio. You know, we would stay in contact and so forth. So she came when she returned, she returned three days prior to uh, 
the contract that she had, she had sublet it. So she had three days where she needed to find a place to stay. So uh, Julian Chernobyl always kept a room in the Chelsea Hotel. So he, he, he took her over there. And he showed her the room. She took look, uh, took one look inside. She says, I'm not staying here. So she called me. Oh, wow. You know, at, at the time, I was looking down the Lower East Side. She says, look, you know, if you want this, this room at the Chelsea, you know, available for three days, you know, free. Do you want to go uh, stay there? I said, yeah, sure, why not? And so Julian, uh, so she just stayed at Julian's bohemian apartment in his studio in the West Village. And that was just like a, just a mind-blowing experience, you know, those three days in the Chelsea, you know, because his room was right by that, the sign. And so at night, that red light would just beam in, you know, so it's kind of sort of like uh, mm-hmm. a, a Turkish horror. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And so oh, I, no, 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 I got it. I got it. I the, mean, after the third this day, is, I said, okay, I'm, after the third day, I said, you know, one day I'm going to come back here and I'm going to do something profound. You know, I don't know what it was, but just, this place just had that kind of energy. And uh, so from that, you know, I did, you know, photographs, you know, here and there. And then sometime around 1990. I was playing in a band, and one of the band members was uh, uh, Mark Kasabi's brother. We call him Ine. Uh, oh, I love him. I love him. I love him. Mark yeah, had his yeah, birthday. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Well, uh, his brother Paul, you know, we call him Ine, played mm-hmm. in my band. Mm-hmm. And so we, had, we used to rehearse over in the, oh, uh, wow. in the East Village. And so one night, Paul said, you know, uh, we might have a guest come over to jam with us tonight. I was like, who? This is Didi Ramon. I said, okay. So we waited, we waited. Oh, God. Didi you know, <laughs> never showed up. So that following Monday, you know, after the weekend, you know, there was Didi's face all over the cover of the uh, New York Post because he got busted in Washington Square Park. No, no he did not. Oh, God. Yeah. And then so like a couple of years oh, later, yeah. you know, a uh, couple of years later, I uh, was out with a friend of mine in the East Village, and we stopped in this bar. And my friend nudged me. He says, look who's sitting over there at the bar. And I was like, and he knew that I was going to make a beeline right over there, which I did. So, uh, and that was Didi. So we sat and we chatted. You know, he'd just come. He'd just been in the Chelsea for a few months. You know, he'd been in London, you know, in rehab. And so uh, we chatted. We talked. Well, actually, I listened. He talked. And I said, listen, why don't you let me come over to the Chelsea and photograph? And he was like, great. He was cool with that. So that's how that started. You know, and and see, you have to remember at the time, because, you know, when I talk to people about this, you know, because they look at the photographs, they look at Dee Dee, you know, and, and, uh, you know, they've become very popular. But at the time, you know, the the Ramones were like sort of like out of fashion. I mean, this is what... You know, Kurt Cobain was the king then, you know, grunge rock. Oh, yeah, no, uh, no, no, totally. Right. So uh, the Ramones, you know, they had broken up and so forth, and so there was, you know, they just weren't on the radar. So I actually had a couple of people even ask me, you know, why are you photographing Dee Dee? I was like, why not? You know, mm-hmm. it was an interesting story. I mean, the guy is fascinating. He was like a fascinating personality to, to sit mm-hmm. and talk with, just hang out with. I mean, it was just—he's you, you, one of those type of people that you will never meet again. You will never meet anybody like that again. 
And so that's what that was about. You know, a lot of people think, you know, they look at the photographs and, and, it's, and it's like, oh, the Ramones, Ramones. It's basically about a personality. I was just photographing a human being and his story it had nothing to do with the music. But, you know, he's synonymous mm-hmm. with, uh, with punk. And so, uh, so it kind of, you know, people sort of interpret that, you know, it's like, this is like a music-based uh, photos, but it was basically just an essay about a guy trying to deal with life, you know, you know, from going from the top and trying to deal with a drug habit, you know, trying to quit cold turkey. So that's, that's all that was, was about. And those pictures after I took them, but I guess it, we did that for about three months. And then he just disappeared and went off to Europe to try to get his uh, first book published. And so those mm-hmm. pictures, the negatives just sat in my files for like six years. I just forgot about it. He didn't even see them. Even during the time that I was photographing, uh, photographing him, every time I would ask him to you know, come over and check out you know, some of the contacts, he's proofs, you know, he's like, I don't, I don't need to see him, you know. Let's just do some more. And so um, those pictures turned out to be a, a solo exhibition. It's in September of 1999 down in Tribeca at a... Uh, at this gallery, and that was the first time that Didi had seen him. Didi had been came back to America by then, and um, that was the first time he had seen him. And so that led to, uh, well, he he'd come back. He got his book published in uh, the UK. When he come, came back, he, uh, another publisher had bought the rights, and they were going to do a US version. So that's and those pictures ended up on the cover and on the insides that first book, the bottom. And subsequently, it was, uh, I think the next one was uh, Chelsea Horror Hotel. And then after that, uh, this last book, uh, Legend of a Rock Star. So, so I guess those pictures, I'm, I'm sort of intertwined with Dee Dee and those pictures because it's such a strong musical element because the Ramones are like just global. I mean, it's amazing. They're like the Beatles in South America. Oh, they are, and, uh, yeah. I mean, there's oh, no, the, uh, you know, they never go out of style, right? I mean, it's like mm-hmm. crazy. Little kids are even knowing it now, you know? Yeah. It's just nuts. Mhm. Um. Yeah, so, you know, what's really amazing about you, though, Keith, is that your photography itself, and you're minimizing yourself here, your, your photography has been published in, the Hamptons, London Sunday Times, uh, Rolling Stone, uh, Time Out New York. And, uh, I mean, let's talk about what you've done that you can be really proud about because this is amazing. You've done some really cool stuff. And the uh, and famous Arturo Vega pictures that we talked about. I got you. My approach well, well, to mm-hmm. back to like the publishing and so forth. I really like books. My approach has never been. I've never been really supported by magazines, you know, like magazine assignments and so forth. Because you know, I always wanted to do my own. You know, uh, I figured I would, you know, I probably get in time when I want. You know, there was like so much um, with magazines. There was so much competition. 
so that just I just started to do my own thing. But um, and I started to you know and like my portraits are sort of based on my interests. You know, I, I love history. You know, I love documentaries, biographies. You know, since I was a kid, people fascinate me. Mm-hmm. So my interests are varied. You know, <laughs> I don't think sometimes people can kind of figure out. People with photographers, you know, that have this one sort of uh, uh, sort of niche or one style that you have, or one type of photographer that you, know, that you photograph or subject matter. And with me, it's just kind of like all over. There's a lot of things interest me. You know, especially people. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. And so let's talk about like. Are you there? Did I lose your yeah, hand? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Let's talk about your photography that you're just getting ready to release to the world. Well, <laughs> well some of, that's going to be a while, actually. That's like it's not going to like happen over, over time. I've been talking with. Uh, well, currently I have work at the Bob Rauschenberg Gallery in Fort Myers, Florida. Mm-hmm. Jay Dillinger. Uh, the great guy. We, I haven't met him personally, but he, um, he sort of runs that operation there. And so this is an association with the uh, Howell Happening Gallery, Chad Reedier and uh, James uh, Friedman. So, uh, and like I've been talking with Chad and Jane are great. You know, I've been talking with them, you know, for a long time. So we have some things at the pike a few years from now, but a lot of people are interested in, uh, you know, Arturo Vega. You know, he's he of course, you know, he died like what, three, four years ago, unfortunately. Oh yeah. And so that his legacy, sad. yeah, it was very, very unexpected. And so his legacy, legacy has come to the forefront now. You know, he he, he was very prolific, and then. Fascinating. Uh, he's another fascinating human being, fascinating personality, and multi-talented, multi-faceted. You know, so a lot of that is coming to light. And so, I, and so again, I have all these photographs that I've taken of him. You know, I spent time over at his law. They, they call it the the uh, village. And you know we we got along really really well. He uh, he would call me, you know, hey Keith, come over. You know this is happening or this is that. You know let's go see this show. And anytime you were at Arturo's uh, place, you never know who would walk in. I mean it, it was just like always this this activity, this energy. Uh, I, I was at one soiree one night, I remember, and uh, I'm talking to this to this woman, you know, we're just having a nice conversation. Then this, then it, this tall guy comes up, you know, so he joins in the conversation. And I'm not, you know, I'm not quite sure who they were. So it turns out I was talking to Tatum mm-hmm. and Jim Jarmusch came in to join. You know, so it was like that. You know, you would see, you know, rock personalities and now the uh, the members from Blondie, you know, you know, Chris Stein yeah. might pop over, you know, just, you know, Iggy Pop. Oh, <laughs> you know, wow. Oh, my gosh. sort of energy, you know. So, I mean, like, I didn't, you know, always have take pictures of every minute I was there, you know. Mostly I, I focused on uh, Arturo, but uh, it was just like, uh, you know, it was – I think it's a it's a really good time to sort of expose some of that, so you can sort of see that inside world of, of uh, Arturo because I've, I've captured captured some of that more of the intimate Arturo, 
Mm-hmm. So, so you know, at some time down the, the road, those pictures are going to come out somewhere, you know, and I, you know, I don't really want to talk too much about, you know, mm-hmm. where they may end up. No, 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 I know, I know, I know, trust but, me, but I'm happy I, about I got that. it. Uh, people, the public really needs to see some of, you know, some of that side of uh, Arturo that, you know, most, most people don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what's really interesting also about your photography, my dear, is that your your photography also has so much feeling to it. I mean, if you go to the website, and I did post the website on my Facebook page and also on your page. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, on, on, I mean, in the chat room here, and I want to let everyone right. know that in the chat room, thank you very much for listening. And also, if you missed the beginning of the show, the show will be available on iTunes afterwards and also on Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio as a podcast download. And we have Keith Green today. And again, his website for his photography is Keith, K-E-I-T-H, Green, G-R-E-E-N, photography, no, photograph, excuse me, KeithGreenPhotograph.PhotoShelter.com. Go there. I put the link on my Facebook page. Um, check it out. But let's um, let's talk more about what you're currently working on because your your current work. You've been doing some really cool photo shoots lately. Well, I'll tell you one one uh, project that I'm really excited about. Uh, I'm collaborating with my friend uh, Marin Rose. She is a classically trained ballet dancer. You know, mm-hmm. she served as the artistic chair on the Augusta Ballet Board of Trustees in Augusta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Although she's since she's since uh, relocated to New York City, and so she's she's been a she has a blog on the uh, Augusta Ballet uh, website or a blog. And so she's been a voice mm-hmm. for diversity, uh, for diversity, and uh, for people of color in in, the, in that world, you know, in ballet. Especially, I love you know, that. I love part. that. Yeah, I know those mm-hmm. clothes are beautiful. They're beautiful yeah. shots. Thank yeah. And well, yeah, you know, she's the aficionado. She's the, the ballet expert. I, with me, I just I see dance as a uh, just a visual thing. It's like another exciting curiosity for me. And um, but I think this is a good time to do this because you know we, she's I'm going to take photographs and she will do a write up an essay about this and I I would want to look to get this published you know in magazines because this is a really good time to expand on uh, this theme of empowering people of color you know especially with these this darkness that is set upon our country you know these things are more important. yeah to highlight now more so than ever, you know. And um, Mm -hmm. so we're in the preliminary stages right now. And, you know, Marin's been reaching out to influential people uh, in the dance community in Harlem. Uh, Alan Ailey, Harlem Dance Theater, uh, Harlem School of the Arts. And, you know, we've had a couple of meetings so far that are positive, so I'm really looking forward to that. So you'll be seeing, you know, we'll be taking our time doing this, but you'll you'll be seeing some of that sometime in the future. I'm excited about that. So, uh so that's that's primarily that's my primary primarily my newest thing. Now there are uh, <coughs> exhibits. Well, of course, you know about the Queens Museum, the Ramones Museum <laughs> exhibition. 
that uh, took place in, at the Queens Museum earlier this year, and it has since moved to uh, L.A. The uh, Gramercy Museum, yeah, the Gramercy Museum. So, and the show, you know, it involves photographs, uh, memorabilia that was donated from people like uh, Monty Melnick, Alvira. You know, we talked about this on the, the show that you had with Vera. And so, uh, from what I'm hearing, Holly, I mean, it, it could be years that this thing is going to be on uh, exhibition, traveling throughout the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, know, you know, you know, you may see it in Europe. I don't know. But uh, Mark H. Miller did an amazing job curating. Oh, I love Mark. Mark is, is so cool. And just... I mean, when I when I went to see what he did, I was, that's like, how do you, how do you put that together, man? I mean, that's a phenomenal. I know you've done and, and that show, and and the exhibition had one of the highest attendance of the whole of the entire museum's history. I mean, it was like that's what I heard. A couple of thousand people there, man. You know, when when I went to the uh, opening, so that was. You know, yeah, that's what I heard. I heard that yeah. from a couple people. Mm-hmm. They told me that. Mhm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and what else? Uh, you know, I, when, you know, when I talk about like music, photography, and some of my music images or music-related images, personalities, I have to talk about uh, Valerie Dolly. Now, this is like this is going back to Houston on my early beginning stages, my earliest journey into photography. You know, like when you're a kid, I'm a teenager, 18, 17, 18. You know, like when you're first starting in photography, like every, everyone just sort of like <clears throat> sort of like goes straight for music, you know, concerts and so forth like that. So of course I was no exception. So uh, I would go to concerts. I'd bring my camera, and so one one night I went to see Rick Derringer after the show. Oh no. I love after Rick. Sh- I love Rick. Yeah, yeah. So after the show I'm you know I'm leaning on the stage and I could see in the backstage area, you know, this long hall and then there's a, a room. And then I see this shadowy figure walking towards the stage. You know, people were like leaving and I was just just hanging out there by the stage. And it turned out to be this like this gorgeous, you know, statuesque beauty. Uh, and she walked straight up to me, you know, with this British accent. She's like, you know, introduces herself, you know, what are you, I see you have your camera, blah, blah, blah. She says, my name is this, here's my card, you know. And from that, mm-hmm. maybe a couple of days later, she she was a, a groupie. And she, she took me on this odyssey of uh, backstage rock and roll. And that was the, the best lesson that I ever heard. I mean, I don't, I don't think that if it wasn't for her, I don't think that I probably would have that interest. But you see a lot of my, you see a lot of my photographs that are taken uh, of intimate people or like backstage, you know, if it's music related or whatever. I got that from her. Oh, yeah. If you, ever, if you saw the totally. movie uh, Almost, Almost Famous, that is exactly. Yes, that's saw, one of my favorite movies. That, that. Oh my God, that's one of my favorite movies. Uh, yeah. Kate Hudson's totally. character was 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 exactly yes. Valerie. And so. Uh, oh really? I was away when Ooh, I saw that movie. That's great. Yeah. So so. Uh, that's great. And it was like an interesting uh, you know, experience, you know, like uh, 
and just never something you didn't expect. It was kind of quite normal back in that time, back in that day. Talking about the late seventies, you know, that was kind of quite normal. So, whenever I, you know, whenever I look at some of my own recent photographs or past photographs that I've taken, I always think about that period. It's one of the most mm-hmm. exciting periods of my earliest youth, and especially you know, starting in photography. So. No, no, no. I mean, you know that that was um, that was an amazing that was an amazing movie. It was, it was really well done. I I really love that movie. Yeah. Did you kind of feel like you lived that life? Well, for that brief period, (laughs) because actually, yeah. uh, I mean, like I met. I met the talking heads through through Valerie. We actually took them. Uh, I actually spoke to Chris about this, you know, not too long ago. When I recalled how I first met him, you know, it was there. It was the Talking Heads' first national tour of the country, mm-hmm. and uh, like '78. And so Valerie, she, well, Valerie was a walking backstage pass, you know, like our our. Thing. Oh, like yeah. She was a writer. She would be a writer for like Cashbox magazine or something, and I would be the photographer who would write in. So somehow she mm-hmm. arranged to take half of the uh, the band and crew in my car back to their hotel. And so we squeezed. I had a I had a uh, a Firebird, a Pontiac Firebird at the time. So we squeezed David Burns. Mm-hmm. Chris, Jerry, and they had a Scottish tour manager at the time, and Valerie. Mm-hmm. We uh, took them back to their hotel. I mean, and that was just like a mind-blowing experience for me. I mean, like, you know, here I am. You know, there were a new band. I mean, like, now, now the Talking Heads are global, but there were a new band. But that was exciting music back then, you know. I don't think I ever would have uh, seen them had it not been for her. You know, no, I, I totally the, get the that. Yeah, and I took some photographs that night, and so about a, you know a few days later, I took them. Uh, I was taking a darkroom class, and uh, I took them. I finished the class, and I printed up some contact sheets and so forth. But then, and I kept the negatives separately in a in a satchel. And someone just broke into the car and took the satchel. The only time that I would have ever left anything in my car overnight. They they happened to strike that night and they took those negatives and I had the contact sheet somewhere probably filed somewhere in Texas I'll have to search for them uh, at some point but like I met uh, we tried to get in to see the Ramones that's the one sh- ironically that's the one show that we could not get in it was so mm-hmm. packed I mean they were you know oh, really charm. Yeah, not even her charm can get us into that show. I mean, and they, that was when they were touring with the uh, Runaways. The Runaways were opening. Mm-hmm. And that show, I remember that show was so packed. And I remember her being so upset that she couldn't get get us in. You know, which was kind of ironic. You know, when, you, when, you, mm-hmm. when, when I see what happened uh, late, in later years. But... Uh, Let's see what else. What else can we talk about? Oh, we can talk about everything. Are you kidding me? Um, besides <laughs> what you're working on, um, what what is planned? Like, you have some other stuff in the works, and like, how would people get in touch with you too if they want to reach you for photography through your website, or what would you tell them to do? Oh, well, you know, people always reach me through my website or my email. 
Okay. You know, I, you know, in this day and age, you know, it is so easy. To, you know, no one has ever. You know, I'm pretty. You know, I guess I'm pretty out there. You know, social media. Uh, so people can, can always contact me through um, Facebook. You know, and my mm-hmm. email is on there. You know, that website that you see that that I uh, listed. You know, you can always contact me. You know, people do that. People do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where, so, where, where are you actually? <laughs> don't even ask. You don't even want to know. Okay. Is it really that noisy? Is it really that noisy right now? Well, I mean, I could just. Is it bad? I can hear. I can hear you, but I'm just. I could hear voices. You can. When you do the. When you do, do the you music, hear? it's okay. Do you yeah, hear? hear do you hear all the? Do you, no. Do you hear all the Christmas music and everything in the background? Well, not the music. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's festive. Sounds like you guys are having a party. I'm sorry. Over there, no, okay. no, I'm not having a party. I wish. No, I'm not having a party. <laughs> um, um. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not having a party. You know, I asked Vera to call in. Let's wish Vera a happy holiday. And also, I hope that. Uh, let's see, um, Phyllis. Hopefully, Phyllis is listening in too. Because I want to oh, give a shout out to Phyllis Stein. She's hey, amazing. Phyllis, how you doing? So go for it. And Vera. I know. If someone's listening. Yeah, I know. With Vera. I love Vera. She's so great. Tell me about your work that you've done with her. That was a really interesting story. Why oh, don't yeah, we share no, that on the air for a lot of people that didn't hear it on the Ramon show? That's fun. Well, that's it's really go cool. Go for it. Because, uh, well, during the time that I, you know, was photographing uh, Dee Dee, I, I didn't know Vera. You know, Vera was an enigma because, you know, you would hear her name, but, you know, like I, I didn't really see any photographs of her. I didn't really know that much. In fact, I didn't even know that she was married to her at one point. So, uh, but but at some point during the course that I was photographing Dee Dee, uh, I came in, you know, when I came over to visit, he, he had just gotten off of the phone or someone had just come by and given him uh, some illegal notice that he had to remove Vera's name from the manuscript or from the book that he was writing at the time. And he just like threw a tantrum. I mean, he just, he was punching the punching bag that he kept in his room, you know, because that meant that he had to rewrite a good portion of his manuscript. And, you know, Dee Dee is no uh, J.D. Salinger. So uh, that's kind of not, not the easiest thing for someone who's writing their first book. So, uh so anyway, when the book came out, you know, lobotomy, you know, you, it would, you know, you'd read the reviews and so forth, you know, and uh, a lot of people would notice that there were holes in the book, you know, so they had attributed it to his uh, lack of uh, writing prowess, I guess. But, but in reality, it was like when you leave out certain names, you know, then certain other situations kind of get left out too. And so uh, I, was, I tried to explain this. On a, a there's a blog a blog based in in Paris or France or something like that, and I explained that that's what the situation was because, I, you know, apparently a lot of people didn't didn't know that uh, that they were divorcing and that you know there were legal issues involved, and so I explained that, and I think Vera uh, must have read it, and then so she she contacted me and we talked and we chatted, and she was you know telling me she's down in Florida and she's writing a book. 
And I said, okay, I'm flying down there. Let's let's take some you know photographs because I hadn't you know I hadn't seen her. No, I don't think anybody had because the Ramones were just beginning to that ascension again, you know, into popularity. And so, uh, you know, Vera pretty much stayed out of the picture even when they were together touring with the band. You know, that was kind of sort of almost like a policy. So uh, I was excited to see, you know how she was or what she was doing. And so I just flew down there. I, I, uh, I got a, a, a suite at the hard, what is it? The, it's in Hollywood, Florida at the uh, rock, hard rock hotel and casino in Hollywood, Florida. And uh, we just spent the day I mean, having a great time. Great. You know, uh, walking around the premises. That place is amazing. It's like a city within itself. You know, and uh, had dinner, taking pictures here. We go chill, then we go out, take some more pictures. And I just wanted it to be relaxed because I wanted, you know, uh, to to re- Vera to reveal herself. So it was, you know, that's that's important to me. And uh, she she was like perfect. I mean, you know, when I met her, I felt within five minutes, you know, you kind of feel like you've known her for like twenty years. She's that type of person, genuine, down to earth you know, easy to be with, you know, no bullshit, you know, and I, I, I like that. And so we've just been friends ever since. And she, uh, you know, she sent me the uh, trans, her first trans manuscripts for, for her book, Poisoned Heart, you know, and, uh, and, you know, the journalist, uh, oh, let me think of his name, David. I remember Cole. this. I remember this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I I contacted David because I I was wanting to photograph him and and I uh, and I think he he read some of the manuscript or I don't know if I I can't remember if he got in touch with Vera or not but well by the way for those of you who, who are not familiar with David Dalton he was a, a rock music journalist and he was the last journalist to, to interview Janis Joplin right before she died it was probably right before she got on she did the festival wow. tour. Like and then, uh, but you know, and he's written a f- several books. Like he did a book on uh, Edie Cedric called Edie Factory Girl. Uh, mm-hmm. He's done uh, at the time that I was talking to him about that. He was doing uh, he was doing research for a, a biography on uh, what's her uh, Marion Faithful and uh, who was the mm-hmm. other one? Steven Tyler. You know, so he's he's, he's mm-hmm. great. He's one of those. He's one of those. The last of the great music journalists. You know, so uh, you know, so Vera's book came out. She came. She flew to New York. You know, went to the party. It was great. You know, and we talk. You know, I'm not a phone chatter, but you know, Vera was one of the few people that I could you know sit and talk and chat with on the phone. We used to do that a lot. And uh, and talk me. About things. And you, of course, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And me. <laughs> you talk yes, to me. <laughs> oh no, we have. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad so. that you know. I'm glad that you know she got the the the, well, the book was well received, and she got a lot of stuff out that she needed to talk. To, you know, talk about about mm-hmm. the marriage. So, and it's a, it's a really great book. We really 
really want to know what happened, what happened there. Just, you know, you read that book, Poison Heart. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Absolutely. And I remember her, her I mean, that was really hard for her because she said that he was her first love. She really loved him so much, you know. Yeah, well, Vera's uh, a romantic. She, she, she's an old-fashioned uh, romantic. <laughs> I told her now, you know, I told her now you go for the rich man. Get one with them, some money. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And the thing is, um, you know, it's kind of a cool thing, you know, um, to be able to just, you know, her life is so her her life is so different. How you met her and how you describe what happened that day was pretty funny when we were on the air that time. How you walked in and Dee was there and he was punching a punching bag and uh, I mean, so you got well, yeah. like you got a lot of you're you were you did a lot of things that were a lot of aha like moments that you had to be there. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. Um, let's see who else. Um, well, see, there are like a lot of stories within stories, you know, with some with some of the uh, uh, subjects, like. Uh, for example, like most of the time, you know, when I photograph, see the, I, I could spend like weeks or months arranging a, a portrait session. You know, sometimes some come sooner mm-hmm. than another, and the photography actually takes a very short period. You know, but just even with like within mm-hmm. that short period of time, you know, like uh, who who's like like um, when I photographed, um, let me think, throwing me off, Holly. <laughs> Oh, I, no, I, I, I did not. I uh, know. Let me see. Let me look at my, I don't, I don't have any of my photographs in front of me, so I can't even tell who, you know, point out uh, a particular storyline. So, um, well, there's, you know, Legs McNeil, the the, uh, the author, that he, that was fun. Now, we, I flew to L.A., I think it was like, and now this is interesting. I, uh, I wanted to do a, a a, a portrait of, of Legs McNeil, you know, and when I when I looked him up, I realized that he was living in L.A. So I figured if I was going to do it, I'd have to fly to L.A. So I called. So Dee Dee, uh, at the time, you know, he was married to uh, Barbara, his, his current widow, and at the time, you know, he had wanted me to do a portrait of the two of them. So I figured, well, I could kill two birds with one stone. You know, I'll, go, I'll fly to L.A., I'll photograph Legs, then I'll. Uh, Photograph Dee Dee because Dee Dee was like kind of wasn't living too far from uh, the Highland Gardens Hotel, and so uh, and when I called, Barbara says the day that I was flying to L.A., Dee Dee was flying to New York to to do a book uh, mm-hmm. tour or to do a book signing convention or something like that, and uh, one month exactly that exact date later he was dead. So, um, oh no! See, that's, I never got that's to do a that. drag. But I, but I, but I, I got the room at the Highland Gardens Hotel where Janis Joplin died, and uh, wow. I did this this really fun shoot with Legs McNeil. He's funny as hell. Like when he first walked in, you know, he brings his own cup of he, he brings his own coffee mug, you know, cigarette, and when he walked in. You know, I was telling him about the room a little bit, and I said, I think this is where they found her body. 
And he says, like, oh, you want me to lie down there? <laughs> you know? And, uh, you know, it, a lot of them are sort of, and a lot of the, the, the portrait sessions are, like, unassuming. I mean, they're just, you know, laughing and fun. And, but, but when you go back and you look at them, you know, people, like, kind of, like, interject their own stories or they imagine what, they, what that might, uh, how that might have been. And so that's what's fa- that's the fascinating thing about it. So you can look at one of my photographs and you can interpret it. You can imagine like what it was like there. But and a lot of times it's it's like you know it's kind of uneventful but fun, you know. Um, yeah. So you know I kind of want to expand on you know that portraits. I mean like I photograph people that interest me. You know I don't I don't go from the aspect of like what might interest someone else. That's what interests me. So when you look at my portraits, you know, you, I know it sounds cliche, but you know, you see a lot of me in those portraits, and you see a lot of my uh, my interest. Mhm. You know, uh, I see a lot of things in your portraits. I see that you really focus on people's emotions a lot too. Yeah. Um, well, that's. Mhm. Well, I try to get them. Well, that part is kind of easy because if they if they feel comfortable with you, you know, that's what basically mm-hmm. about. But it's about. I mean, I can't tell somebody to. Okay, I want you to, you know, be, give me a sorrow. <laughs> um, I mean, that's just that's mm-hmm. just comes about. You know, I, I I'm very uh, attentive to people's man, mannerisms and uh, gestures. It's like second nature, you know, because like if I'm talking to a person face to face in person, I'm that's what I'm looking at. Like I notice little nuances in their and their and their face and and uh, their expressions, and then you know it's sort of like you know like if you're reading two sentences, and then you go in between those two sentences that in that line right in between those two sentences, that's kind of what it's like for me. And so you you, you sort of like train yourself to be attuned, more attuned to the most banal, you know, insignificant aspect of a person's expression or what have you, and then you capture that. I don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty intense. I totally get that. Are you there? Yeah. yeah. I thought I lost you. Nope. I'm so glad you're still there. Um, you know, it's just you, you're doing so many things, and so now, you know, do you have your own dark room at your house, or where do you where do you get all? Oh, no. What do you do? Oh, I have. I don't you, have. A, don't, you do I digital. A I know. I know that. No, I don't. No, I don't do digital. You know, at all. I mean, but I don't do my own dark room stuff. I've been working with uh, mm-hmm. the premier uh, dark room uh, fine art printer, Laurent Gerard. Laurent, uh-huh. printed, he's like, uh, he's printed like the who's who of famous photographers, classic photographers in New York, music photographers, you know, he, he works with Bob Gruen, uh, Mick Rock, he's worked with Danny Clinch, uh, Timothy Greenfield Sanders, I mean, you name it, and he, he prints for uh, museums, galleries, he prints estates, like he prints the work of Gordon Parks, after the Gordon Parks uh, Foundation. Some amazing stuff. He gets to see all, a lot of negatives that no one has has ever seen, of like of his works. You know, I was in there uh, uh, not too long ago when he was doing a uh, when he was printing up like huge, huge format prints. 
and, and, and these photographs that Gordon Parks took of Muhammad Ali, which is breathtakingly beautiful. And uh, I think they were being shown for the first time. So, yeah, mm-hmm. so he does my work, my black and white printing exclusively. So, yeah, I don't, I don't have the patience to do dark. <laughs> I was never really good at no, it. No, I can imagine that. You, that's that's um, an art in itself. You know, that's an art in itself. You know, and uh, it's very time-consuming. You know, there are photographers that insist on doing their own prints, but like a lot of the famous photographers that whose work you've seen, like Richard Obden, for example, he didn't do his own prints. You know, uh, some people do. Yeah, some you know. Don't. Do you, you know, ever and, take and digital, a picture and then you see something different in it every time you you do something, right? Did you ever do that where you took a picture and you didn't see it and then? You do see it later on. All the time, Holly. Oh, you, yeah, you know I know. I, I know. Me too. I'll, I'll, I'll take I'll take photographs and I'll get the contact sheets. Sometimes I won't even. I'll just glance at the contact sheets and I'll put them away. You know, two three weeks later, I'll look at them. You know, unless something is urgent, of course. But uh, always see something different because. Uh, I think that's, there's a I think there's a relationship between uh, time and and relevance and um, and that definitely works with photography because see that's the thing about digital that's one of the drawbacks about digital uh, you know people take billions and billions and billions of pictures and they delete billions and billions and billions of pictures on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. I think with with film, with analog, it sort of trains you to focus much more so on the subject. Now that's that's not true for all, all photographers. I'm not saying that you know if you do digital, you're not focusing on it because there are a lot of photographers who are shooting digital who are trained in film and they know. But you know, mm-hmm. um, but, but but what my point is like. What digital does, it sort of kind of makes some photographers look a bit lazy because I've seen it. You, know, you see some of the younger photographers with the digital camera, they don't think, they just click, 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 you know, machine gun. And mm-hmm. then hopefully, hopefully yep. they'll come up with something or they'll fix it up in post production. But, you know, with film, you know, it's trained you to kind of get it right. You know, you don't waste a lot of film just by, you know, machine gunning it and, and throwing things up. Hopefully you get something. You have to, it teaches you to focus on what you're doing and your subject and what you want. And like for me, I don't mm-hmm. shoot a lot of role. When I do a, a, a portrait session, I don't shoot a lot of film at all. I mean, I mm-hmm. got, you know, to the point you, you kind of know. Do you have, it is, it's hard. Yeah, you mm-hmm. never know what to do because you never know what the, what it's going to be like. You never know what the energy is going to be like with the people. Um, you just never know. But I mean, some of your work, I mean, most of your work has got a lot of emotion in it, and I am really excited to tell the world that you have these amazing images that are um, that you have that we are hoping that are going to be seen in a gallery very soon. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, was, I, I know what you're talking I say about. That, I say I that very, I say that very, I say that very sarcastically because you know what yeah. I'm talking about. Exactly. exactly. And um, yeah, and uh, you know, I implore, just make sure you guys check out Keith Green's photography because it's just got some, you've got some really great emotions in there, and there's some really great stuff going on, and uh, you know, it's just. There's a lot of really great stuff. I Thank mean, you, Holly. I really, I really, I do. I, I really like it. It's very artsy. 
you know, black and white photography, then there's some very, 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 yes. Gritty. Why did you throw my show? (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm I'm happy to be here. Thank you. You know. No, I'm glad you're here. Now, um, what I wanted to say to everyone is, again, if you missed the beginning of the show, it'll be on iTunes afterwards, on Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio afterwards, and also keep this on Facebook, and it's KeithGreenPhotograph.PhotoShelter.com, and uh, make sure to check it out. It's Keith Green Photography. Photoshop. Well, you know what's Photoshop, funny? I mean. What's funny is when I when I copied it from the uh, let me click on it. Let me see it what just happened. Corrected itself. When I click, when I kick it up, when I click, when I kick it, when I click it, its URL is keithkeithgreenphotograph.photoshelter.com. That's the URL that it comes up under. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. I like that one that's on there. The guy in the elevator is really cool. That's really kind of James Bond. Oh, yeah. I like that. He's got a real, he's yeah, got he's, a real James he's, Bond uh, feeling. He's actually kind of a well-known German artist, a surrealist artist. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Ralph, Ralph, uh, where is it? He looks familiar. Well, yeah, I think, he used familiar. To model. I think he used to model. Uh, mm-hmm. What's his name? Ralph and I like did. the vote. And I like the vote for donut. That's great too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah. That, I, and the mom. That was, that was, yeah. Yeah. With the baby. I so, love your yeah, light box. Like, you guys check it out. You know. Great. Uh, I always like you know like mm-hmm. get some sort of input as to what people think about some of the photographs or how they respond or react to them uh, or what they see in them. You know that's that's I think every photographer likes you know wants to know that. It's always curious and interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, no one, no one always, you know, you know. I hear a lot. Oh, people, you know, pictures are nice and they're great. But I like, you know, when people like sort of take the time and they analyze, you know, uh, what it, how it makes them feel. You know, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, if you like it, that's great. But I'm, I'm more interested in how you respond to the picture. You know, not, you know, I don't need to know mm-hmm. that you love it. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not what it's about for me. No, it's awesome. It's just photography. I like the one of the mother with the child, too, in the doorway. That's really, that's intense. And there is some color on here, too. So your medium yeah, is really I'm, I'm interesting that you that you choose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. There's just a lot of really cool stuff involved in all this, all your work. It's got a lot of really great feeling to it. Well, thank you, Holly. Um, but, you know. Are you kidding? This is a long overdue uh, interview. And I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be here with me. Um, oh, it's my pleasure, Holly. Thank uh, you for having me. No. Is there anything else you want to say before we go to um, your song? Um, yeah. I, you know I, I, I downloaded, I downloaded um, let's see, Rudy Foodie. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about I that. Don't, that's, I got that's it. The loneliest, that's the loneliest. That's the monk. Now here's a here's a story uh-huh. behind that. I I recently saw the documentary film uh, The Jazz Law, which is which chronicles mm-hmm. uh, the famous Life magazine photographer, you know Eugene Smith, 
when he, in the late 1950s when he lived in uh, the Flower District of Manhattan, you know, 28th Street, 6th Avenue, and this and this building had like about four four stories of just lost and uh, jazz musicians like the top jazz musicians of the time would just go there and jam all night long. You know, they actually started a new social movement. You really should see the film. And so when I a few years earlier I'd read the, uh, a review of that uh, documentary on uh, about Sam Stevenson's book, which is what the documentary is based on, and they listed the address of the loft building where all of this stuff took place. And I and I and it rung a bell. I was like, wait a minute, that's, I used to live around there, so. I went and checked into some of my old files, my old date books, and even a couple of letters. And sure enough, 821 Sixth Avenue, where uh, in that building I live. So the song that you that you're gonna play now, uh, Rudy Tootie from uh, or whatever, the, what is it, Rudy Tootie, whatever, Thelonious Monk. But they that was from a that was from a that was from a very famous town hall concert that they did, and they rehearsed for this whole concert in that building and actually lived in that loft uh, that they rehearsed mm-hmm. with Hal Overton. It's amazing. If you really go see the film. So that's what that's why I kind of chose that. I was kind of in that mood, but uh, probably only means something to me, you know, uh, that, 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 that build. I didn't know at the time that I was living in that, uh, in such a musically historic uh, area. I mean, loft. But, uh, I'm just still blown away by that because the loft looks exactly the same as it did when I lived there in the late 80s. When you look at that famous photograph of Thelonious Monk at the piano, you know, the other jazz musicians in the background, Hal Overton, you know, the, the music producer. So that's the, that's the backstory for this song that you're about to play. So I hope all the listeners enjoy that and, 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 and go see that yeah. film, The Jazz Loft. The Jazz Lost, L O F T. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lost. Okay. Uh-huh. L-O-F-T, yeah. Okay. With, uh, okay. And Eugene Richards. I mean, Eugene Smith, I'm sorry. Oh, awesome. Okay. Well, we're going to end with that song, and I wanted to let everyone know uh, I'll be back on the air on Friday with Malcolm Bruce, I believe, um, hopefully, if he's back. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I know, if he's back from where he is, he's on the road. And uh, I'm so grateful that you called in today and that we were able to do this. And, again, if you missed the beginning of the show, the show will be on iTunes afterwards as a podcast. And I'm hoping that Vera was able to tune in and uh, hopefully um, uh, Phyllis was able to listen in because I know I love her. She's great. She's always got some great water. Uh, cool. I know. So with that, I am going to end the show with that, and I want to thank you so much for being here. And uh, uh, let's see, it's Wednesday. What's my day? Um, enjoy the holidays for what it is. Tomorrow's December first. Yeah. The holiday. And we're entering into. A, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. And here. Well, well, you enjoy the holidays. This is the, ho- this is the uh, holiday season, so. Uh, I know, and this coming month, I know, and my birthday is a week before Christmas, so it's like, it's extra celebration for me, so yeah, there you go, you know, I, uh, 
celebrate all month long, and I think that all the lights are up because it's my birthday. So there you go. Oh, happy birthday! <laughs> I know. It'll be it'll be fun. It'll be fun, and uh, I do. Well, I enjoy you. it, and I'll I'll be I'll be seeing you very soon too. Just oh, by, just so great. you know. And oh, excellent! We'll talk about in, that in the future. And in the meantime, I definitely you will. In the meantime, you look after my wine. <laughs> I will. I will. I'll look after the vineyards for you, my dear. Okay, and with you that, do that. Here you guys go. Have a wonderful Wednesday, and we'll see everyone Friday. Here you guys go. Bye bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.